All right, we can't eat candy and do a podcast. Yes, you can. Yeah, you can. Do what we want. It's Halloween. We did have beers. We should have had beer again. We should have. Yesterday, <laughs> since we were here late. Mm. I went home and opened up a bottle of wine. <laughs> so. Oh, I had a, what do you call those? It's, you mix Coke and red wine. Ugh. It's actually really good. It tastes like cherry Coke. I don't know about no. that. Don't knock it till you try it. It's so good. So they do it in Spain. My friend has huh. a uh, drinking podcast. Mm-hmm. It's called The Drinking Sensei. And she did an episode on this drink. And I think it's called like Calmocho or something. Ooh. It's spelled really funny. Because it's wine Coke. Coke. I think it's Spain or Portugal or yeah, Portugal. We never experienced it, but I was pregnant when, I, when we went yeah. to Spain. Yeah, Calamoco. Yeah, Calamoco. C-A-L-I-M-O-C-H-O. So good. I had those last night. I had a hot toddy the other night. It's pronounced I got you addicted, huh? I can handle those. Calimocho. Calimocho. That's how you pronounce it. Cal-E-Mo-cho. Calimocho. It it's consists really of a simple 50-50 mix of red wine and Coke served over lots of ice. Yeah. It hmm. tastes like cherry Coke. Hmm. And in most of the pictures, they show it with cheap red wine. Well, I would guess. You don't need yeah. to go fancy. You don't need to go but fancy. But it smells like cherry it. Coke, huh? It tastes like cherry Coke. Yeah, it tastes like cherry Coke. Welcome to another episode of Gem Junkies. I'm Jonathan. And I'm Brecken. I'm Wednesday Adams. Oh, she's going I'm in character. I'm Cookie Monster. I'm nom, 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 nom. <laughs> I'm going in character. It's the day before Halloween, yeah. and we have our annual uh, parlay Halloween party. Yeah. Not too many. It's not really a party. Not too many participants this year. It's not I don't too think party. anybody's the, in the, the atmosphere. Mood. The atmosphere is not as party-esque. No. Yeah. I'm just saying I'm the 2020 virtual teaching going to work mom. Yeah, the strung out mom, the mom that's had enough. Oh, God. I had to get out of that character. Oh, oh the 20s are school. Oh, my gosh. You're not going to podcast with your Cookie Monster hood on. Yes. <laughs> but we are a little delayed in our, our podcast this time, a little bit longer than we wanted to go in between episodes because uh, we had some things come up. Like Brecken's birthday. Like my birthday, Jonathan went on a hunting trip. And then in all of that, my sister tested positive and we were exposed to her. So we had to limit our exposure with Stephanie because we're all in a room together. And so we wanted to be super safe. But um, all is well. My sister's doing better and and we tested negative. So go team. Okay. (laughs) So we are back with our series of states. And this week is California. California and only California. Yeah. It deserves its own. It's like the sixth largest economy in the world. Large, so let's just lots give of it gemstones. Its, its credit. It's also Brecken State. It's also my home state, <laughs> which but you haven't lived in for longer than I. No, no, that's not true. I'm not that old. I moved out when I was 17. Went to college. Yeah, so less than half your back. life. No. Oh yeah. Darn it. Oh. I am not. <laughs> Oh, darn it. <laughs> oh, darn it. I am that old. Oh, crap. 
I didn't even think about it. I thought like 18. Oh, that's 36. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, You're shit. 37. I just turned 37. <laughs> and you left at 17. <laughs> so that means you've been away 20 years. It's not oh, your home state anymore. No, but then I lived in Utah. Uh, I lived in Ohio. Not your home state It's the place that I lived the longest consecutively in my It's your birthplace. Uh, it's your birthplace. birthplace. Okay. Anyway, California is full of minerals. Full of gems. Yeah. And uh, a few gems that were unique to them upon their discovery. Absolutely. So I think let's start with the big one. The state gem. The state gem. In 1985, California made Benitoite the state gem. And I'm going to try to say Benitoite because that's how it's supposed to sound. But I do have a hard time with my long E's. So my brother Ben is Ben. So it might turn into Benidoite, and you're just going to have to deal with it. <laughs> it's my SoCal accent, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. No, it's, it's, it's a weird thing I have. I don't know why. Benito White. Benito, Benito, Benito White. Anyway, let's start with its discovery, because it wasn't discovered in 1985. It was no. discovered in 1907, and there was a prospector by the name of James Marshall couch who went to the oil fields near Kalinga, california and he was basically looking for a job he was out there like i gotta find a job let's go to these oil oil fields and see what what i can do i could prospect um there he met with the oil company superintendent mr rw dallas and a miner by the name of t.e sanders and they both agreed to lend him 25 dollars and they wanted him to go basically prospecting um, for copper and cinnabar in the nearby Diablo Mountains. Now, where are the Diablo Mountains? They are halfway between L.A. and San Francisco, right in the middle of the state. Right in the middle. So he's out there. Prospecting. Enjoying nature. Working his butt off. Clean streams, blue skies, fresh air. And he gets pretty lucky. He's, he's not out there for very long. Three days. Three days. On day three, he's just, you know, walking around his campsite, walking up a hill, looking for what he can see. And he tramples on some blue crystals that are weathering out of the ground up there. So he gets super excited, of course. He believes he has found either blue diamonds or blue sapphires because what other blue crystals are there at the time? Um... Well, I think he probably hopes that he found those. So upon exploring further, and this is where I imagine him almost in like an Indiana Jones type setting where he's pushing through the underbrush and he uncovers the entrance to a cave. Boom. There it is. Hidden by years of overgrowth and nobody, maybe nobody's ever seen it before. It's never Isn't been California seen. California a little bit more deserty? Not central think, California. It can be mountainous. Yeah. yeah, mountainous, but you're making it sound like a jungle. Well, <laughs> he foraged. Okay, there was probably not a machete involved in this. He pushed through the underbrush. No vines. And found a cave. The cave, he, he described it like a massive geode, right? It's yeah. a pegmatite cave mm-hmm. where you've got crystals in the ceilings and the walls and the floors. This man was psyched. Scooped up a handful of these blue crystals, ran back to Mr. Dallas. Mr. Dallas said, don't talk to anybody. Go get a claim. Right. Period. The end. 
you go get yourself the claim. Well, actually, don't get yourself the claim. Get the oil company because we financed your trip, the claim, and they got the claim. Yeah. And then what happened next, Jonathan? So next, after they got the claim, now what in the world is it? So they sent it off to an expert in Los Angeles who said that it was blue obsidian. Yeah. Which we've I, never heard of blue obsidian. I don't no, know. If you just, it might exist. Maybe it exists. Um, can't recall it in my GIA training, but that doesn't mean it wasn't in the book. I never saw it. Yeah, it's just obsidian GIA. that's colored blue. blue they just thought, which is basically blue. It'd be blue glass. Blue glass. Mm-hmm. And at this yeah. point, I would say expert in quotes. Yeah. And he didn't believe it. So then <laughs> he sent another sample off to UC Berkeley and Dr. George Lauterbach found it to be an entirely new mineral. So they were super excited. He's like, wow, I've got this new mineral. And so Dr. Lauterbach is the one that named it, and he named it Benitoite because it's found near the headwaters of the San Benito River in San Benito County. So new mineral, what is it? New mineral. Now let's talk about what Benitoite is. What is it? It's a barium titanium cyclosilicate. Um, typically blue color, although it can be colorless. Um, in no simpler terms, it's extremely rare. Extremely rare. It has been found in other places on our beautiful earth. Uh, Montana, Arkansas, Japan, and Australia. But in all those other places, it was formed under different conditions. Mm. So none of them had the pegmatite cave. And it was a very small secondary Tiny, mineral yeah. Um, of no consequence. So let's just say this find was extremely rare. And unique. And unique, of yeah. course. Um, one of the coolest things about Benitoite, I think, is its crystal structure mm-hmm. and kind of the story of its crystal structure. Um, it's in the hexagonal system, which emerald, your barrels, are also in the hexagonal system. Um, in this hexagonal system, there were believed to be 12 different classes, 12 different habits that these crystals would form in. But only 10 were known to exist in nature until Benitoite. Benitoite. Number 11. Number 11. So it is, let me try to say this because. It's a mouthful. It's a mouthful. Um, It is a di-trigonal, di-pyramidal class. Did I do that? Well, yeah, yeah, I did that okay. I'm not going to say it again. So they basically look like kind of like flattened pyramids with the. Edge, edges kind of notched off. Um, so they're super cool. Uh, they tend to have a colorless center with darker color concentration on the ends, on the edges. So kind of colorless core, blue on the edges. Sounds like it'd be difficult to cut. Uh, it's, it's most hardness is six to six and a half. But so it, it does, is soft. Yeah, but it does have cleavage. Mm. It is difficult and it is small. So they're mostly very small crystals, not much bigger than five centimeters. And so very tiny. The coolest thing I think about Benidoi, other than its crystal structure, because, well, I guess there's a lot of cool things about it. But uh, it fluoresces like a bright sky blue under shortwave UV light. Cool. And so that's a good way of differentiating it from sapphire. Yeah. Which a lot of people might think it is. Mm-hmm. So here we are. 
Not Sapphire. Not Sapphire. Not Diamond. New thing. New thing. And we've never covered it in a Gem Junkies podcast. Because we've been talking about doing this this state thing for a while now. And we always thought, well, we'll save it for the state thing. And it's not... It doesn't have a huge world history around it. Yeah. And it's quite rare. I mean, very rare. I went shopping for it. Yeah. Hard to find. Hard to find. And... The quality and size I would want. It's not. It's not readily available. Get your pocketbook ready. Get your ready, pocketbook right. ready. I'll tell you the prices later on. Back to the story. Benidoite. Yes. They find it. They know what it is. Let's get it out. Let's get it out of there. Uh, the problem with it was that it is kind of formed in a matrix of three different minerals. So you've got your benidoite. You've also got a naturalite, a hard blue schist, and a cement-like crossite. And this matrix made it extremely difficult to remove the benidoite. And so the miners get frustrated really easily because they can see all this beautiful sparkling blue crystal and they can't get it out. So they get ticked. What do you think they do? Pull out the dynamite. Let's blast it. If you can't get it out... Blow it up. Blow it up. It's like a man mentality, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> the hammer doesn't work. Get a bigger hammer. Get a bigger hammer. Uh, and when I read this part of the story, I was livid. So they blew up the whole cave. The whole cave. And at this point, I'm thinking, why? And mm-hmm. there's evidence. An estimate says that... They only recovered one out of every hundred gemstones that were in the cave, which means that 99% of the gemstones were blown to To smithereens. Yeah, Yeah. dust in the wind, which is super frustrating because we learned later that a simple solution called muriatic acid easily eats away the matrix and does not damage the benidoite. So there we go. So sad. Take your time. And I feel like at that point, they probably could have done better as like a tourist business showing off the cave with this rare mineral in it than demolishing the whole cave. I don't think tourism was really a big thing in 1907. It was. Probably not Not in the middle of California. People were going to see other parts. No, I don't think prospectors out in the middle of California were really thinking thinking about about tourism. tourism. I'm thinking about tourism. Of course you are. You can still go visit. 100 bucks a day. 100 bucks a day per adult. I think 50 bucks per kid. And they give you a uh, quart-sized Ziploc, I think, that you can find things and put them in there. If you find something bigger than the quart, uh, then the quart-sized Ziploc will hold, you can negotiate a price. And so they'll work with you. But you can still go up there and uh, pick around in the dirt it was estimated that between the years of 1907 and 2003, only 10,000 carats were ever mined. Very little. Very little. Um, in 2002 alone, it produced 1,500 carats, which is, you know, 15% of the total. Yeah. Uh, in 2003, they estimated that it could produce 2,500 carats a year, but that never came to fruition, and the mine closed commercial operations two years later. Mining is hard. Mine's tough. Yeah. Especially in the U.S. It's, I mean, there's lots of regulations. Lots of rules, regulations, awesome. labor is expensive. Yeah, Which is a good thing, Yeah, but difficult. Yeah. When you're talking a material like this, that's you have to 
really go in and try to get. Um, I was curious because, you know, I do like to shop and I do yeah, like... It's not something that we carry. So it's not something kinda... we carry. So I wanted to see, well, what what are we talking for price here? What, 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 for cut gemstones. For cut gemstones of, of, a, of a good quality. And typically you see gemstones that are 0.3 of a carat and lower. And for those gemstones, for like a 0.19 carat, 0.20 carat, that kind, uh, you can get them for two, three, four hundred dollars a stone. A stone. Um, but when we get into the bigger, more rare stones, um, for instance, uh, 0.99 carat, six thousand four hundred thirty-five dollars. A 1.39 carat, $11,120. Um, and the one that I wanted, which is, of course. which is a 3.07 I clean with a GAA certificate, $46,000. So save your pennies. Save your pennies. They're, they are extremely rare, extremely valuable. Um, and... You know, you can find it. We did go to Tucson. We looked for it. I saw it one year, but I haven't seen it. Yeah, not much around. Not much around. Yeah. Very similar to like your red barrel in Utah. Yeah. But you can get a little bit bigger because you can't, you can hardly get a three carat red barrel. Anyway, no. another story. Another story. Utah's Utah. a long way down the list. Oh my gosh, it is. Okay. So that's kind of sums up Benito White, the state gem of California. But I think we would be remiss not to talk about all the other minerals that are there. And probably the most famous has to be... Tourmaline. Tourmaline. Yeah. Tourmaline has been mined in California for well over 100 years. Um, And it comes from San Diego County and Riverside County. And uh, very prolific mines there in San Diego County with a plethora of gemstones. So not only do you have tourmaline, but you have morganite, garnet, topaz, aqua, spodumene, which we'll talk about after tourmaline. Right. But uh, just really beautiful tourmalines. Um, Based on the cumulative dollar value, um, it is the leading gem material mined in California that has ever been mined in California. Now, we're not talking uh, gold, obviously. We're talking gemstones. Yeah. In fact, the California tourmaline mines are the most prolific tourmaline mines in the Northern Hemisphere. I think, yeah, take that, Maine. I, mean, I know you have it. I know they found it there first, but most pr- prolific is California. Yeah. Oh, we already talked about where it was found. Yep. All the um, colors. <clears throat> Greens, reds. Pinks, blues, bicolor, party color, watermelon. Uh, but I think the most desirable color that came out of California was rubellite, that red rubellite color. And that was discovered in 1892. Gorgeous. Admired by... Royals from here to there. Queen Victoria had some. Romanov czars loved it. Um, But nobody loved it more than the Dowager Empress of China, who ordered more than 120 tons of California trembling. Like, I just, yeah, processed that. 120 tons. How many carrots are in a ton? A lot. A lot. I mean, a lot. Carrot is small. It is. Ton is big. Huge. Ton is like an elephant. So anyway, 120 tons. Now the problem with this is that the California tourmaline market was so tied to China 
that when the imperial government collapsed in 1912, so did the California tourmaline market. And the mines do still produce, but very sporadically. You can go visit them. Uh, the Paula mines are right outside of San Diego. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have not gone. We talked mm-hmm. about it once. but yeah, we should definitely do it. We should. It was about an hour away from Katie's house. So we decided that was a bit too far to venture out there into the desert. Right. Because it is desert down there. Yeah. But, all right. So... Tourmaline is super important to California. And then spodumene. Spodumene. Spodumene happens. Yeah. So spodumene uh, is the, so the best known variety of spodumene is kunzite. And kunzite, it was first recognized in 1902. And it was discovered. um, In California. In California. And there had been other kinds of spodumene, which there is hiddenite, which is green, and triphane, which is yellow. And then kunzite is, goes from a very light pastel pink to a very intense violetish purple, which is considered the very best. And it's colored by manganese, and it's pleochroic. Um, so you, depending on which angle of the crystal you look at, it can be different colors. Right. And the discovery of kunzite in California had its own like high school drama play out. Yeah. Everybody wanted credit for discovering it. Everybody wanted to name it. Uh, so I'm going to just sum this up as quickly as I can because I do love a good dramatic story. Yeah. I do love some drama. It runs in my family. We like <laughs> We like a little drama. So in 1902, like Jonathan said, a man named Frederick Stickler sent samples of a mineral he found uh, in his mine uh, in the Paula region of San Diego County to George Kuntz in New York. But he also sent a sample to W.S. Vallant, a professor of geology at Rutgers in New Jersey. So as the story goes, Vallant claims that he identified it first as spodumene. And And then writes a letter. Yeah, he's like, I identified it the minute I opened the box, and I labeled it, and I sent it back. And then I wrote a letter to Mr. Kuntz informing him what it was. And apparently, Mr. George Kuntz responded very politely to that letter and said, yes, we are still examining it. And my report on my findings will come out shortly. And the problem here is that Vallant claims he identified it first, but Kuntz gets credit for the identification because, because he, he published. published first. Yeah. How, does, <laughs> how do you know if someone discovered it if you don't put it put it in writing? Right. Yeah. So he came back a few years later and was like, yeah, I said I discovered it. And then he does like all these like quotes, like, oh, the person that claims to discover it in reference to... So there was a little bad blood there, but I, I can I can understand why. Kuntz is a legend, yeah, and worked for Tiffany and Company, and was financed by J.P. Morgan and to do all these expeditions and discovery of new gemstones. And so I can get where there might be some animosity from other professors in sure. the field. So that's the person that identified it is not only up for question. But also the person that who discovered it. Who gets to name it, it right? No, per- the person that discovered it is also up for right. question. So Stickler claims 
He was the first one. He sent it in in 1902. It came from his mind in the Paula region. He thought it was tourmaline, wasn't quite sure what it was. That's why he sent it in. There was another man named Frank Salmon who also had a gemstone mine in the Paula Mountains near San Diego and also found kunzite there and had a larger, more prolific mine and was making the claim that this was the only mine in the world that kunzite came from. And so, of course, Stickler got mad and started calling the gemstone Sticklerite. And then Frank Salmon said, well, no, it's Salmonite Salmonite. because I discovered it and this is where it comes from. And all in the meantime, Mr. Kuntz is kind of in the background saying, oh, gosh, it's different enough from any of the other spodumines, right? It's not green. It's not yellow. We need to give this a different name. Somebody should name this. Gosh, shouldn't somebody name this gemstone? Like, hey, friends, shouldn't somebody pick a name for this gemstone? Come on, guys. Let's let's pick a name for this. And finally, one of his colleagues, um, Baskerville, got the hint and said, yeah, we should name this Kunzite after George Kuntz because I don't need to explain to anybody the man needs the gemstone named after him. And he was the first to identify it. Right. So that kind of killed the Sticklerite and the Salmonite. And because Salmon, Mr. Salmon, was selling all of his material to Tiffany's. Right. Which was who Kuntz worked for. So and so I think customer Salmonite wins. died for Kunzite. Yeah. Correct. Um, but there is even more drama involved with that because although Frank Salmon did agree that that it could be called Kunzite in the States, he also sold it to European companies and he expressed that they should call it California Iris. And they did. And it sold very well. And so then there were also some people in the U.S. that started calling it California Iris. And so there was a a report done on Kunzite or this new spodumene, and they called Kunzite and California Iris trade Trade names, names. which was greatly insulting to George Kuntz because it wasn't a trade name. It It was was the the mineral's name. name. And uh, the good thing for Kuntz is it has endured. Everybody knows what Kunzite is. It's might have been a trade name in the beginning, but it's lasted with your ruby, emerald, yeah. sapphire, all those yeah. names. It's kind of fallen into line with those. You yeah. say kunzite, everyone knows what it is. Yeah, and then the the main thing about that you have to keep in mind is is that the color can fade with heat or bright light, and so you need to be a little bit careful. It definitely shouldn't go in a showroom window because it'll get warm and it has bright light. Um, they claim that California material doesn't fade as much as the other material because it's also found uh, in Afghanistan, Brazil, Madagascar. Um, so it's, but I have, I don't know whether or not that's actually true. Yeah, we, I mean, we don't carry it. Uh, it's not a well-known gemstone Yeah. in uh, like culture. Like people don't go in and ask for a kumzite. Uh, but yeah, just do, uh, if you do have a piece, don't leave it out in the sun. Right. Uh, one thing I thought that was also interesting in the whole naming thing that I forgot to say is I said earlier that JP Morgan financed Kuntz. Right. And so Kuntz was like, 
after the after the gem was named after, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so honored. Like, thank you so much. I was thinking of naming it after JP Morgan. JP Morgan. Um, but I just couldn't get a hold of him. So, oh my gosh, thank you so much for naming it after me. He must have been in the bathtub or something. Like I like I couldn't get a hold of him. So yay. Yeah, name it Coonsite. But they did he did eventually name a gemstone after JP Morgan, and we all know that as the pink barrel Morganite. Right. And I think that was after a discovery, not in California, but after a big Morganite was discovered in Mozambique or Madagascar. Or Brazil. No, it wasn't Brazil. It wasn't Brazil. I don't think so. It was an African country. Mm-hmm. But more on that when we talk about Morganite. Sure. Which we haven't done yet. Huh? We haven't Another done a day. podcast on Morganite. Another day. So many podcasts. So, so I think little time. I think we've covered the, th- the three big ones. The three big ones. Now, there's also California garnet that is found in the same location. Um, beautiful, high-quality spessartine, um, manganese. Let's talk about that. It colors spessartine. It colors kunzite. So that's why you would expect to also find garnet there. Um, and it's known for its pure orange color. Um, really high-quality, beautiful material. Mine sporadically, but not readily available on the market. Um, there's also California turquoise, uh, which is mined. It was mined by Native Americans uh, in San Bernardino County. Uh, nothing is produced today, but they did find uh, evidence of Native American mining activity in the area uh, and basically nothing produced. Very difficult to find on the market, hmm. if not impossible to find. Now, there was also California diamonds. 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 Really? Did I blow your mind? Yeah, I didn't know there was any diamonds ever found in California. There was. So during the gold rush, okay. when they were panning for gold, they did find some diamonds in the rivers. So they'd been washed down from Canada? <laughs> Maybe. Uh, so they it was never a, a big source. It was a few stones here or there, right? Huh. They could never find the pipe that they came from or the source. Interesting. So... Potentially, there is some, or maybe a bald eagle picked it up in Canada and brought it back down to California. I don't know, but there was some <laughs> diamond also found in California. You're very creative today. Very creative. It must be because it's Halloween day. There it is. There you go. Uh, so we want to thank you so much for tuning into another episode of our 50 states um, and their gemstones today, California great state yeah um i wonder where that lands on the most hated states scale (laughs) i would guess it's probably up there (laughs) idaho is what again idaho is the least hated state thank you very much new jersey is the most new jersey is the most hated state texas is the second most hated state state. where does california land i'm gonna guess it's up at the top it's in top 10 most hated or least most hated for sure really well, anybody that doesn't live in California is like, oh, California. And like rolls their eyes. Don't Let's you think? See. Even now, sometimes I go back to California and I'm like, oh, California. Well, <laughs> it's the traffic for me. It is the traffic. The it's traffic just like is just terrible. You do. You do feel claustrophobic. And see, where I grew up in Rancho Cucamonga, I was born number in San three. Diego. It's number three. I knew it. I knew it had to be up there in the most hated states. It goes Jersey, New Jersey, Texas, Texas California. California. All right. So this this report came out just like this last week of the most yeah. hated states. And it was 
a celebration in Idaho that we were the least hated state. And I <laughs> feel last. like dead last, we come in dead last in a lot of things like education no, and all that other kind of stuff. You can cut all this, by the way. No, I mean, yeah. <laughs> why? This is funny. This, this is, is funny. funny. It says, oh, okay. um, states that hate California, Washington, Oregon, Idaho, Montana, Wyoming, Nevada, Utah, Arizona, California. California hates California? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Colorado. Oh, okay. that wrong. Hatred index, 705. Wow. I think it's, and Jonathan, we were talking about this, and Jonathan's right. Like, Idaho doesn't have a professional sports team. There's not enough of us here to support that, and we're kind of all spread out. Uh, I also think politically, we have, what, like two electoral college votes? Yeah. Or something like that. It's small. We don't matter on the grand scheme of life. No. So <laughs> Idaho, population of states that hate it, not applicable. No one hates us because we don't <laughs> register on anyone's radar. Hatred index, negative 304. Dang, negative. we got negative. negative. People <laughs> love us. People love us here in Idaho. And it's because we produce potatoes. Okay. What would the world be without French fries? Yeah. French fries make people happy. Yeah. Anyway, so we'll get to Idaho and all the gemstones. Wow. Okay, this is really interesting. So, in correlation with our gems of our, our gems of each we state, we're going to tell you where they fall on the most hated state scale. <sighs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> California number three. We're sorry, guys. Maybe you should. Arizona have such was really teams. low too. Hmm. Arizona is Arizona forty six. I mean, we just have to talk about the importance of Idaho in the, you know states and really (laughs) we haven't had a president or a presidential nominee come to visit us what was the last one that came to visit are you sure i don't think so i remember they were getting excited because someone independent oh well an independent that's true any of the any of the ones that qualified for a debate (laughs) so for our past ones alabama is number nine Okay, Alabama was number nine in the most hated. Yeah, hold on. I'm trying to find really? Alaska. I must have. I think Alaska it. has to be low. It has to be in the middle. Yeah, I would have guessed scenery, Alaska would have... be like. I thought Alaska would have been 50. Yeah. I mean, but. Arkansas, oh, 32. 32, yeah, that's, I mean. Alaska, 33. Oh. They're right next to each other. They're all next to each other, except Alabama was kind of up there. All right. That wraps California, the third most hated state, and one that has amazing gemstones. But again, thank you so much for tuning in. We'll be back with Colorado next, which is another gem-rich state. They've yeah. got some pretty cool things going on there. They're low uh, on the hatred list. And low on the hatred list. Don't hate them. If you want to see what we do on our real life, you can always check us out on Instagram or Facebook at Parlay Gems. Again, I am Brecken. And I'm Jonathan. Thank you so much for tuning in and dealing with our silliness today. Happy Halloween, although I think this will come out after Halloween, but I hope you had a great one. Hope you stayed inside and just vibed in your Dracula costume. Wow, that sugar is going straight. Bye, everyone. (laughs) Bye.